0: To episode 21 of the Excellence Cartel. This is one's gonna be called Everything Fat Loss. Nice. So I have Mr. Sue, I have Mr. Theobald I have grandpa basically and his son. Um <laughs> on the other line here, or other T well, whatever the fuck. Anyway, uh Jason, how's your week going? You use you, you look you look thrilled, real nice.
1: uh, I am thrilled. Um week's been going pretty good. Um, you know. Let's see where 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 are we at here? Tuesday, weekend was weekend was chill. Um, You know, I'm I'm starting to get further further into dialing into prep and just getting my meals right, and you know, just working through that whole process. But um, nothing too intense yet on that front. Um, I think I have like 14 weeks. I really got to sit down and count the dates, but it's pretty long still. Um, But I'm but I'm getting my mind right. And then business, you know, it's uh, it picked up, obviously, like we knew it would come January 1. I think I had like six total signups uh, in the last, you know, eight eight days or so. So that's been cool. Uh, just trying to, you know, uh, keep up with it, keep up with everything else and business and, you know, all the pods and everything else. So happy to kick this one off. How was your all's weekends?
0: Good. Hey, I have a question real quick. Yeah. How's that podcast with Gorman? Was it Elite? Uh, elite
1: for Zeke? University. It's going, great. University? Okay. it's going great. It's going great. Anyone who wants to check it out, do so. It's on iTunes, just like we are here, and um, it's been going good.
0: Yeah, you guys got some awesome stuff written about it. I see a lot of shares, so um, I know it's a different approach than what we do, so that's kind of yep. cool. Yep. It's got to be nice for you that you're not doing, like, multiple same shit, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we cover way more business and just some, you know, different topics, whereas John and I, it's straight, you know, creating – an elite physique, basically, you know, and given all the info that, that, that goes into that. So it's a little more focused on that. Whereas like, you know, here we get to kind of shoot the shit about a wide
2: variety of things.
0: Awesome. Sue, What's up, man? how's things going with you?
2: Pretty good. You know, I'm still like, you know, a little under the weather. I'm still kicking that cold that I had, that virus that's been going around. Um, so this is going on week three. Damn, I'm still coughing a little bit here and there, but at least I don't cough anymore at night and I'm back in the gym. Um, I set a PR today, actually. I set a couple PRs. Um, This might not be impressive to most people, but I got the 120-pound dumbbells uh, for a flat press, 10 reps, a couple sets, pretty easy, good control and everything. So um, I felt pretty strong there. The the gym only goes up to 120s. So I guess I'll have to slow down the the eccentric (laughs) next time.
1: Take duct um, tape and tape fives to it.
2: Tape some weights onto it. Yeah, exactly. Um, other than that, you know, off-season is going well. I posted some photos, you know, on Instagram. Got got a good amount of likes. You know, people think I'm, you know, I'm not too fat looking looking on point. <laughs> hamstrings grow, and I can actually yep. feel them contract. They have grown. Sometimes, like, I'll be in the bathroom. Like, I'll just be, like, standing there before I go to the shower. I'll just, like, flex oh, my God. hamstrings.
1: Where's this going?
2: And then I'm like, damn, like, I can feel my hamstrings now. Like, they're there. So, it's, you know, the That's a win.
1: There's actually so, muscle there now.
2: Yeah. And then other than that, you know, clients have joined. You know, I did have some drop-offs, you know, like we talked about, you know, before Christmas. But then since Christmas until now, I picked up a bunch. And today I had three intake calls. So, um, you know, business is growing. So good, everything's good.
0: Yeah, I'm the same, but my week's been good. I've actually picked up three new clients and I turned three away. Um, the three I turned away were all wanting me to do like four and eight week programs and like, I'm like immediately upon talking to them, I'm like, sorry, you got gut health problems and da, 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 da. One was a hundred pounds overweight. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to do anything good with what I give you in four weeks. So no. I just don't feel like I'll do you a service. So I was like, if you change your mind and want right. to go like a year, which is what it would really yep. take to do some damage together, then hit me back up. But I, I don't do that, man. Unless I at least get like six months commitment from them, I just don't.
1: Well, I will say one thing. I agree with you mainly, but sometimes it makes sense to take them because you can get them to buy in. 4 weeks is tough, but 8 weeks you might be able to get them to buy in and realize that, you know, this is going to take more time and then they continue on. But yeah, yeah, four weeks is a little tough.
0: Yeah, the four week one was real tough. The eight weeks ones, I don't know. I just kind of something in my gut said this is something yeah. that you should pass on. So I right. kind of was not yeah, like good with that. Yeah, not good with that. But um, other than that, it's just kind of getting my week done. I bought a new piece of equipment for the gym. That will be. What you get? I got that arsenal glute. Uh, hip thrust machine oh nice yeah now so that'd be good so that way the chicks in our gym uh, can be doing hip thrusters and not like in front of a mirror where everyone can like see their snatch or something you know? and, <laughs> and just sit there and make like marriage eye contact with them like i'm <laughs> marrying you right now you know as they stare into their souls. so we decided to go ahead and pony up and get that one and then um i got a few other pieces i'm eyeing i'm looking at a power squat by atlantis which is like the hammer v squat Oh, yeah. Leg extension and a le- seated leg curl on a cable because I have them on Hammer Freeway, but yep. I don't have cables. So, gotcha. And I think every gym that's like we are could use two leg extension leg curls. So, I'm just for like, sure. you know, it's getting it done. Um, and then uh, me and you, we arrived Thursday in Atlanta for the Physique yes. Education Collective. By the way, if you guys are listening to this, this will come out tomorrow, but there's, we've only got three spots left because at that point yep. we're done with chairs. So um, what we got, and this is great because, you know, we've been keeping it turning. to about 30 to 35 um, for both of them now. I and mean, that's nice because it's intimate, um, you know, settings. So the education I think is better that we're able to do. You're not in front of 100 people and you've got five moving around or coming and going. So, um, you know, it's been exactly what we've wanted it to be. Um, So if you guys are listening to this and you guys want to sign up for the physique education collective, it's in Atlanta. It's last minute. You guys can let one of us know. We'll put you in contact with Thera who handles all our stuff for us and she'll get you guys taken care of. With that being said, we've also got the physique education collective in April. Which you know, I'm starting to piece that together for how the setup's going to be. Get the travel together and get the hotel and all that for all the coaches. Did we nail a date down on that? Yeah, it's April fourth. I think that first Saturday. So it'll be that Friday, Saturday. Okay, I think
1: I put it on my calendar, but I'm just going to make sure. You we're dick. changing topics too, right,
0: Jeff? Yep, it'll be all new topics. So we're even thinking about adding another person to the lineup and then maneuvering some stuff around. So, but we'll have that'll be one that we are officially going to bring Lauren on with, but we decided to go ahead and bring her into this one too. Right. But all of us coaches be doing, it's probably going to be more advanced, interesting stuff. I know I'm doing the stress connection and heart rate variability, and I'm probably going to talk about psychedelics in there just because I like to. So I'm making it in, in all my presentations, but, mm-hmm. um, or that, uh, today, um, Ooh, so we're going to be talking about fat loss and what that means we're going to be talking about like, the arsenal that could be fat loss. So when we talk about this, you guys need to make sure you guys need to make sure that the stuff we are going to discuss is legal in your country. And this is for complete entertainment purposes. And we are not medical professionals. We're just people who know how to get people lean and shredded and, you know, to get unstuck. And we're just going to give our advice and uh, go from there. So with that being said, Um, we're going to talk about the first thing we're going to talk about is how we would set someone up for fat loss. So the three of us collectively are holistic in the regards that we believe that when you come to us to be put in a spot to go through a fat loss routine, we've gone through our questionnaires with you. We know where you're kind of set up. Hopefully we've seen your blood work. You know, I know with competitors, we all like to kind of know where people are at with their blood work before we really go deep dives on it. So we kind of assume that if you're listening to this episode and you're interested in fat loss, that you've at least done these two things. You've at least put yourself in a position that you could go through a deficit and succeed. Um, with that being said, the first topic we're going to talk about in the in that is going to be macros and nutrition. So um, usually when I get my clients, how I'll start with it. How I like to do it is I like to see what they've been eating lately. And usually what I find is men and women, because I deal with mostly gym pop, I have like five competitors I work with. I don't like too many competitors. I want to keep it around 10. I think that's my glory number just because I really like to give them their own. I treat competitors different than I treat gym pop. Competitors, because I compete, I'm like, fuck you, suck it up, make it happen. You know I mean? It's part of the suck. You know, 16 weeks is just is what it is. Go for the glory and just deal with what you got to deal with. Um, but with Jim pop, you know, who I deal with, it's a little bit different, you know, you've got to kind of explain a lot more. So what I usually find when I start doing my diet setups is the men and women are under eating like massively. I know Sue, you said you had that one guy that you got who was like eating like coffee for breakfast, a shake for lunch and then something else for one thing for dinner. I'm like, Oh my God, like I bet his metabolism is destroyed, you know? So, yeah. So what I usually do is, you know, I set them up. And I know I'm in the right, I normally with women will go 10 to 11 times body weight ish, depending upon like what their pictures are and things like that. And With men, I'm usually about 11 to 13. It just kind of depends upon a few things. And that's usually where I start. If I go down the gate in the first week or two, they're complaining that they're, that they're not hungry. I know I'm going down the right path. And usually what you'll start seeing is by week four, they started dropping fat. When I've seen on my perspective, they've been dropping weight. It's just a matter of a little bit of time, but that's how the initial setup that I do with macros and nutrition, I do flexible dieting. So I want my clients to eat more, you know, like healthy if they can organic stuff, because I believe holistically, like we all know that if you're toxic, you know, you're not going to lose body fat and <laughs> losing weight. going to be harder. So I usually try to get all that done. But um, for the most part, like I tell my clients, you know, if there's a day that you want to sub out your pre-workout cream of rice or oatmeal with some Rice crispy Treats, do it. You know, you know your numbers, make it kind of work. You know, it's not, it's not meant to be eight weeks of hell. It's meant to be eight weeks, eight weeks of a challenge. And I try to sell them, it's a challenge for them, not so much this is suffering because, you know, with gym pop, people look at it like you have 21 to 28 days or 24 days, you know, magical suck, 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 kill, 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 drop 24 pounds. And then, you know, they don't know what to do on day 25 and then they gain 30 pounds back, you know, after what they, or whatever they dropped. So I try to tell them, to look at it as a challenge, you know, look at it as winning the day. And I try to set more of that mentality up. I usually with my gym pops and the macros nutrition will run it for about eight weeks, kind of no matter what, and kind of slowly take them down through it. Some I cut more drastically than others. It just kind of depends upon where they're at and what their biofeedbacks are. If their biofeedbacks are good and they're dropping weight steadily, I might make little adjustments. I might make none. But if, they're, if uh, their biofeedbacks are really good and I feel like they're in a good mental spot, I'll take bigger chunks and try to get more off quicker. And then as the biofeedbacks start going the other way, I'll start turning the direction back the other way and start feeding them back up, give them more time off, et cetera. And with that being said, I'll turn it to you, Jason, and kind of how you do your macros and nutrition. So if someone
1: comes to me and they already have, you know, a macro setup and that's been maintaining their weight, like I'll find out, then I will go ahead and start at least from that caloric intake. I might not stick with their percentage breakdown, but I'll just go ahead and start with that and then maybe pull 250 calories and add in some cardio, which we'll talk about in a bit.
0: So when you say that real quick, so say for example, they come with you at 2000 calories and say they're 60% carbs, 30 protein, and then 10% fat. You'll adjust that part of it. Not the I calories.
1: may adjust the macro part okay, of it. Correct. Cool. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll give that in a minute. What, okay. why I would adjust that. Um, but then they have the baseline. So I don't go ahead and try to recreate a baseline there. Cause I have a little bit more advanced clients. You know, you were talking straight from like, you know, a gin pop who comes to you. And a lot of times they don't know what they're eating. A lot of my clients will have at least an idea of their core calories. Um, but if someone doesn't have an idea or they just, they just can't give me a really good history. I use like, uh, the T D E E calculation, total daily energy expenditure. And all that is, is it's an estimate of how much calories it takes to maintain a body with exercise involved. So I will find out how, you know, how often do they exercise? Are they three, four, five, six? And I run the equation and you can find them online. TDE calculator really quick, uh, has one. And I run that equation. It just gives me a ballpark. That's it. It's a ballpark. And then what I do is from there, once I have that ballpark, I look at the body type. So if someone's, if someone's more endomorph i know right away i'm probably going to use about 50 percent of those calories uh will come from um protein okay and endomorphs remember and if you don't know that's the most stubborn body type those are your pear shapes uh apple shape and men uh you know they have bigger bones just not the small joints um sometimes wider waist narrow hips not the best base body type for a bodybuilder but I've seen plenty turn into great bodybuilders. My point is I start them out with about 50% protein, usually somewhere around 20 to 25% of that TDE caloric intake that I calculate will be 25, uh, will be carbs. And then anywhere from 25 to 30% will be fat. So they're going to tend to get higher fats than any of my other clients and the carbs are going to be pretty low. Once I have that kind of determined, um, usually with an endomorph, because that low carbohydrate, I'll start those people with refeeds usually right away. And and it's not because um, I think that they don't have enough fat on their body. It's just the carbohydrate intake is is lower. And I want to at least refill a little bit um, week, Uh, Not always, but but generally speaking, that will end up with a refeed. Um, My ectomorphs will get usually about... 30% protein, and then 50% carb, and then 20% fat, somewhere around there to start. And then my endomorphs, I usually go 40, 40, 20. So these are just ranges to get the diet started. It's just a kickoff phase, and it's just how I kind of kick things off. Ectomorphs, because the carbs are so high at 50%, generally don't need a refeed right away. Um, And then mesomorphs, with 40% probably won't either. But when you have endomorphs that might be already down starting at 120 that weigh, you know, 150, 160 pounds. I feel like anytime carbs get under one gram per pound, I start looking for for refeeding um to, to 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 help the metabolism along. But when they're higher, I don't start right away. And then as the diet progresses and say the ectomorph gets down to around that one gram per pound of carb per weight, I'll start using refeeds with them and same with, with the mesomorphs. That's generally how it rolls. Um, some of my carb that I rotations that I use might be like uh, three high, I'm sorry, three low, three medium, one high, um, or I might do like three lows and then hit, um, one high or three, four lows and one high. Those are some strategies that I use, uh, with the carb cycling. Once carbs get, get lower, um, in term and in the diet phase. And I'll stop there because it's a lot of info and I'll let Jeff sued talk
0: a little bit. I have one thing that I want to follow up on you though. Refeed. Okay, so basically, that's having X amount of carbs. What's your X amount of carb number? So you're saying when they get below one gram, yeah. is when you start looking for refeed. So how do you base your refeed to spike the met- metabolism to kind of bring everything back up?
1: Well, I keep in mind where the TDEE was in terms of total calories, because if you don't give enough caloric intake um, on the refeed day, you're not really spiking the metabolism at all, and you're not, you know, you're not really getting a boost from it. Um, so a lot of times what ends up going to happen is uh, the training day um, macro, let's say it's 120 carbs. I might add 100 to that, but it's really going to depend on the size of the person, how many calories I have to get in. I don't have a formula for it, um, but I would say around 100 extra carbs maybe and just start there and and, and see. But here's the deal with refeeds. You don't need to be 100% full while you diet. In fact, I think it's detrimental. All you're trying to do is maybe make the tank go from, you know, a quarter full up to maybe two-thirds full. And when I say tank, I mean your glycogen stores. You don't need to top it off, and you certainly don't want to spill where you've given your body, you know, too much. Um, But you do want to at least get the tank, you know, back to two-thirds full. And so that's kind of a feel for years of doing this um, with people. So I, I don't have a formula for it.
0: Okay. I just wanted to clarify that because I know we got a lot of, you know, newer people to the fitness industry who listen to this who kind of want to understand how you kind of maybe go about that. Try to get the
1: calories at least to maintenance or higher on your refeed day. So Bingo. Kind of think back to what the TDE was. And again, TDE is going to fall as you, as metabolic, you know, rates fall. I get all that. But these are just general areas to set up um, fat loss strategies for you.
0: Sue, what do you got, dude?
2: All right. I'll take you guys through my thought process when I first got a client, okay? So number one, I need pictures, right? And I also need their um, current activity level and their current diet, okay? So with those uh, pieces of information, along with obviously weight and height, gender, and all that, I can sort of come up with a baseline diets. Okay. So before I get into the calculations for that, I want to say that, you know, like Jason, I I subscribe to sort of like, you know, you can work with macros, right? I work with using macros for a lot of clients, but that's not to say that I use, if it fits your macros, sort of like the Instagram popular, you know, cupcakes for post-workout or protein cookies, wedding and Larry's and all this stuff. I don't do any of that crap. It's really good though. Well, you know, it's good, but you know, you are better off eating a regular cookie and having a protein shake. I agree with you, but damn, it's still good though. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But anyway, my take on if it fits your macros, just a quick side note, is like for protein, you can have you know salmon, cod, you know bison, chicken, turkey. You know you can switch things up. You don't have to eat like the classic chicken and potato, chicken and rice six times a day, like you know, bro, you know, bodybuilders do. You know, so that's my form of if it fits your macros, is changing things up, um, but it's all still clean, healthy foods. Okay. So aside from that, you know, I establish this baseline and, you know, I use activity level or the current diet. If macros are provided, I use that. If not, I personally will ask people what they're, what what are they eating? And I'll plug that into a spreadsheet of my own and estimate their intake that way. And that gives me sort of like an idea of where I kind of should be. Okay. So then what I do is I ask myself, okay, let's say, you know, this lady comes to me, she's 160 pounds at five, four and she's 40 years old. I look at the photos and I say, how many pounds of fat do I have to strip off this person in order for her to be completely just lean mass, okay? And that's how I arrive at LBM, lean body mass. And using that, I come up with a couple calculations using protein, one to 1.5 times lean body mass, and I err on the side of lower if digestion is bad or if they're untrained, meaning that they don't work out or are new to the gym. Carbs could be anywhere from zero to three times LBM. Based on the day, if I'm cycling her, um, and then fats, I like to do you know at least twenty to thirty grams for women, forty to fifty grams for men, being the low end. Yeah, that's as low as I'll go in most cases. Um, so using that as an example, let's say you know this hundred and sixty pound woman comes to me, and I say she has one hundred and twenty uh, pounds of lean mass. She's carrying forty pounds of fat. Macros might be you know I might carb cycle her, so her low day might be one thirty protein, one twenty carb, forty fat. Medium day might be 130, 140, 40, and a high day might be 130, 160, 30. And like Jason was talking about, about cycles, you could do any sort of cycle three low, one high, you know, three low, one high, three low, one medium, whatever, or an eight day cycle. Like Jason, uh, I think, introduced to me, I think it was like medium low, medium low, medium low, high, high, repeat. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could match the macros to training, you could do two leg days that are high. Um, two upper body days that are medium and then the rest days do low, many ways to go about it. Right. Um, but basically like those macros are sort of around what Jason was talking about, about total daily expenditure, which is, you know, I like to start off if I'm being aggressive 10 times total body weight for women. Okay. Using the same woman for an example. And then from there it's coaching and adjustments. You know, I look for about, you know, three to four pounds loss in the first week, you know, mainly being water. And then thereafter, you know, you should be losing about a pound, maybe two pounds, you know, not every week, but on average, that's a trend I look for. And then, you know, I adjust from there. So the refeeds might come into play. I might increase protein. I might lower fats. You know, I don't know until I see the biofeedback.
0: So I'm going to wrap it up. But for me, I didn't talk about it, but when I do a carb cycle, because usually 95% of the time I'm doing a carb cycle with someone. Um, very rarely do I do keto unless they're PCOS, you know, and other, there's other things there, but for the most part, or they just need one, a different change to do something different. Um, I with endomorphs will go six low one high and I'll just hit it right out of the gate like that. If they're meso, I'm more like low me like low medium, low medium, low medium. And if they're ecto, I might do something like three low one high, kind of like Jason does and kind of go from there. All right, let's move this on to weight training. This is shit I love, but um, I think when I go with the weight training, I try to set people up where they can at least lift five to six days a week. Um, and we'll get into all the, other, the cardio aspect of that and stressors, but I try to go five to six days a week because, one, nothing beats weight training as far as moving glucose and glycogen, as far as burning it up and getting what you want done done. And, honestly, it's just more enjoyable because you can have more fun, you know. I'm a big person where I'll run a program for, you know, 16, 20 weeks, because I think that that's when you get the best changes. But in a fat loss phase, if a person like I suspect they might have a little bit of a hard time with focus, like if I've got a girl who's cardio bunny and she doesn't want, you know, always done cardio and not good with weights, I will give her two programs and say swap them back and forth week by week or go two weeks, one, you know, and things like that. Um, But the things you guys want to make sure of when you guys are starting this out, you guys want to make sure you're doing maximum weight the whole time. Don't because you're just tired. Be like, Oh, I feel tired. So I'm going to back it down a little bit. It's not the same because when you're in deficit, you're trying to strain your body maximally to hold on to the muscle. So if you start going lighter, You're more likely going to get weaker and things like that. And plus, that's also a biofeedback marker. If you're, say, for example, starting at the beginning of your deficit, we'll say squatting 225 for 10 reps, and then three weeks in, you're doing it down to five reps and that's killing you. Well, maybe it's a little too low. Maybe you're starting a little too hard out of the gate. So you want to keep an eye on that. But maximally, you want to be pushing the weight. Maximum, maximum, maximum. And then the workout days. The more days you guys can get in there and move the weights and you're stimulating muscle, you're putting that protein that you're consuming in the higher numbers to greater use. Protein at higher numbers is better thermogenic effect, et cetera. But um, when it comes to the weight training, I'm pretty – I'll do more supersets where it's basically two exercises back-to-back. I might do more giant sets. I don't do Milo Sarcave's giant sets where it's like 10 exercises in a row, but I might have people do like, you know, buy try, buy try, take a break. Or, um, you know, maybe two chest exercises, two shoulder exercises, take a break. It just kind of depends upon who I'm working with and what that is. But um, if they're prep, I will utilize a lot of rest, pause, and a lot of muscle rounds, um, aka cluster sets. Um, so that's kind of how I approach the weight training. Sue, what about you?
2: Um, in terms of training, I want to make one thing really clear to our listeners is that whatever you do to build, it's the same thing you've got to do to maintain your muscle when you're dieting. Okay. So So you don't
0: go do a hundred reps.
2: No. So like what Jeff, (laughs) so to echo what Jeff was saying about the squat, right? So what you did to build your squat up to 225 for 10 you need to still train that hard and still do the same you know, basic exercises. You don't change from squatting to like doing like single leg, leg extensions and like cutesy little things that you see on Instagram um, to burn more calories by doing higher reps or, or supersetting everything together because you won't be resting enough to actually move heavy loads. So stick to the basics, okay? Don't get distracted. Um, in terms of splits, it's, it can be a little difficult to determine because it, you have to ask yourself, first of all, is the, is the client enhanced or is, or, or, or is he or she natural? Okay. 100%. So me, me, for example, right? Obviously, you know, I bodybuild, so I'm on the, the quote unquote super supplements, right? Um, so, you know, I was using a routine from you, Jeff, you know, um, you, you showed me the, uh, the six day, it was called the acid bath.
0: That's routine. my baby.
2: Maximum Time Under Tension from, uh, what was that guy's name, Dennis James,
0: yep. right? Yep, I took a lot so, of his stuff and put it together.
2: And, I, you know, I've passed that on, you know, that sort of training um, uh, approach to a lot of my, my new clients because a lot of them don't understand mind-muscle connection. What, what happens when you slow down a rep to 10, 15-second concentrics? It really forces you to connect your mind to your muscle. So I really like that. But anyway, you know, that was a six-day split. And I could handle that sort of volume, but would I give that to like the first-time bikini competitor? No, I wouldn't. So at a minimum, I would say in a fat loss phase, I would have people train three times a week. And at a maximum, I would have them train six days a week if they are enhanced. Probably for a natural, I'd only go between three to five days a week. Um, I know, you know, I've spoken to Jason before and I think Jason, you like to train every day if you can, right? Is that right? Well,
1: in prep, personally, in I would start out with six. I get i I'm going to pull that trigger after Atlanta. And then at right. some point, if I need it and feel like I need it, I would rather be in there stimulating muscle than adding more cardio.
2: Right. Yeah. So that's the other point that Jeff Black, you were saying, is that the more you can weight train, the more the less cardio you, you'll need to do. And it's actually more beneficial for you in terms of maintaining a nice full look. You're like You don't want to – I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, I'm cutting now, so – I'm going to lift less so I can have more time for cardio. I'm like, no, you don't want to do that unless you want to end up losing your muscle mass and look like a beanpole. So that's my take on training.
1: Jason. Okay, so the guys covered a lot of, a lot of things. I'll try to hit a few um, extra things here that you know, I guess maybe wasn't touched on just so we, we got a nice comprehensive thing here. So um, coming into training or coming into, if I have my hands on a client, I just want to point out that, you know, a lot of times if it's a natural client, I might pull them back to four times a week, knowing that when prep hits, I want to be able to put them at five. So I'm, I'm constantly managing, uh, the year and how training goes. If I haven't enhanced, I'll pull them back to five. Um, a lot of times, not, not always, but I'll pull them back to five. And then that, and then that way, when we push to six, their body isn't always already beat down. I like to come into prep. Um, Fresh, um, that doesn't always mean a deload, but but at least five days, um, maybe a little little less volume going on, so that when we get into prep, the intensity can be picked up. Jeff Stu made a great point. If I am coaching an enhanced athlete, it does make a difference how I will set up training much more than it will make a difference how we set up nutrition. Um, I will make sure, like I take advantage of the anabolics in play. So I'm usually going to go six days a week with those people and I'm going to go twice a week on every body part. Now, what that means is, though, we still have to manage recovery and volume has to be pulled back a bit. You can't have 25 set leg days twice a week with calories low and think that you're going to, you know, recover well and be ready for that next session. So volume has to be pulled back when you're going to increase frequency. My naturals. I will leave at five days a week. I rarely put them at six. There are some outliers that can recover and do it. But generally speaking, it's going to be a five-day training, maybe something like two on, one off, three on, one off, rinse and repeat. Um, For the six-day splits, I've done both. I've done where you do three days and you cover the whole body. You take a day off, do three more days and cover the whole body. Repeat and repeat. I've also done where I personally will do all six days in a row and then on Sunday I rest. So those are different ways that I do that, but keep in mind um, your volume uh, when you're, when you're going through prep and you can use that to um, adjust how you're recovering and how you're going. If you're noticing that um, like legs are fading Really watch what's going on with your cardio and what type of cardio you're using. Discuss with your coach. Maybe, you know, you get some, some rope work in and get, your, get off your legs some for a few days. Watch that. I see that happening more um, than I see anything else with a lot of bodybuilders. So keep that in mind and how that training needs to be adjusted for that as well um, in terms of your legs. I mean, if you're going to have to beat them to death with a bunch of cardio, you might have to pull volume back on, on the leg days even more. Um, so, you know, these are just some tidbits out there again, I'll, I will reiterate what the guy said, you need to keep moving the same weight. So what I'll, the question I'll get from my clients a lot is, well, I used to do, you know, let's say the incline chest press for three plates aside. Well, at 10 reps, I can't do that anymore. And I'm like, well, can you do it for five? Yeah, probably. All right. So I want you to do that. And then I want you to rest 10 seconds and I want you to get two more reps. And then I want you to rest 10 more seconds and try to get two or three more reps. There's your 10. So you've got to fight tooth and nail to keep pushing the same weight that you, that you were pushing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to say, you know, when it comes to the enhanced, what we were talking about, those who will take anabolic steroids or any type of hormone replacement therapy of any kind, you're technically, when you're in that enhanced state, you're able to turn protein synthesis over quicker, which means you're able to recover quicker. So that's right. what we're meaning by that. And human growth hormone, which we'll touch on today, also does fall into that
2: category yes. as well.
0: All right. So Real I think first, we, go ahead.
2: One thing about training, guys who are listening, you know, there are three things you can manipulate, Right. You can manipulate your volume, your intensity, or your frequency. Okay, so one thing I want to make sure people know is that
0: tempos with, too. With
2: with beginners, okay, I like to I like to err on the side of higher frequency or higher volume, um, and I thought the reason for that is because most advanced trainees or advanced bodybuilders, the very first rep. They can engage their mind muscle connection and fire immediately. And, yep. like, let's say you're doing like a high hammer strength row. A lot of people don't even know how to engage their lats or keep their shoulder down or pull with the elbow, elbow drive, okay? But people don't know what that means. A lot of my beginner clients don't know what that means. 100%. So, so with program design with beginners, you can't, go, you can't just have them do like two work sets or one work set with like an intensifier, like a drop set or a rest pause. They won't get anything out of it you need to have them do like maybe like three or four or four to five sets of like 20, 15, 12, 10, maybe, then maybe a six rep set. And it's only like at that end do they finally get the connection right and get that muscle damage that is needed to, to grow. So that's one thing that, um, you know, coaches out there who are listening, you might want to consider. I,
1: I use tempo to train this. Um, that's another way to do it too, yeah. I, I find that um, if, if someone's newer – I give instructions on how to train properly is literally what the document says. And then I work tempos into their training for at least the first six months. And then at some point they'll get a training trip plan that says no more tempos. You should know how to isolate the muscle. Let's keep it controlled full range of motion, but let's start going heavier and really move some weight. So tempos for me and whoever, who anyone's listening out there, they're like, well, what's tempo? It's kind of it's like the the rep speed. Um, so, for instance, you know, um, uh, the concentric is when the muscle shortening or contracting. So, I might say, you know, on a bench press, I want the eccentric when they're when it's lengthening, coming down. I might say, bring it down for two seconds, pause for a second, explode in the concentric, and then pause for two, you know, and flex. It's something like that is a tempo, and you can slow those down. And then that people have to lose use less weight, and you take the ego out of training. And then at that point, a lot of people are able to connect better. And then, of course, you can give cues, like Jeff said, like draw, elbow drive with you know with um with with back training and you know different things like that. But yeah, uh, tempo is how I do it.
0: I agree, and Sue, I'm glad you brought that up because I've said that all along. You'll see some of these people say, oh, one one set to failure." I'm like, "Yeah, if you've been training a while, you can do that and actually get something from it." You know, I did D.C. back in probably two, 2010, which is dog crap training. I did that mm-hmm. during the prep. That just was not good for me. And I switched after about four weeks just because some days it was just hard to do one set, let alone, you know, and it just was – anyway – But uh, I think that would be
1: a tough training program with OI. I I don't think that is the program for you.
0: Oh, no, and that's why I realized I did it, and I I mean, I was like, nope, this isn't for me. Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, so I couldn't handle that overload, but I do rest, pause, like you were saying. You know, if you're going to get five reps, rack it, take a couple breaths, do it again. I do stuff like that to extend, but um, let's skip on to cardio. So pretty much we have three ways of doing cardio. You have miss, and hit. Yep. So you have low intensity, steady state, moderate intensity, steady state, and high intensity uh, interval training. Yeah. What you guys will see in the gym now with spin and Peloton and CrossFit and everything else is a lot of high intensity cardio with no intervals in there. They're just going straight on, full on out. Um, I know that Ashley did a spin class, I think it was last week, And dude, her day strain on her whoop app was up like four or five points just from it. I mean, I was like, holy shit, looking at it. And I'm like, no wonder people do that all the time. But in all honesty, HIT is a great tool and it depends upon the scenario. So for me, with me training more gym pop, I normally do about two high intensity interval training sessions at my gym. I have rogue air assault bikes and I think those things are just absolute monsters And I'll have my clients do 20 intervals all out, 10 off, so more of a Tabata-ish thing, 20, 10, and I'll have them do anywhere from five to eight intervals. And then they get on and they do their list right afterwards. So they'll go where the heart rate will slowly drop. And then when it gets to be around 60 to 65% of their max, they do it for X amount of time. How long
1: are you making the interval? The, the work
0: uh, phase so 20 on and then it's 10 off so they're all out working for 20 and then they're chill for 10 they and only get 10
1: seconds to rest
0: on some of them it depends upon the programming it depends upon their background and all that but for a lot of people in the beginning it would be 30 30 i might do 30 30 yeah. because most people don't understand a 30 30 i know i'm different with the hit. i try all sorts of different shit with people man Yeah, that would
2: cook me jesus uh, christ
0: nah man so i dude i do that 2010 myself yeah. in in eight in eight intervals like now i'm so conditioned like My heart rate doesn't get to eighty five percent of my max till about the fifth or sixth interval, and i have got about five hundred watts cranking plus on that aerosol bike.
2: I want to watch you do this when we train together. All
0: right, when you come to Nashville, you're gonna do it beside me, or you're gonna do a cardio. All right, we'll do. We're gonna do a hit together. Yeah, I I think most
1: people, maybe Jeff can do it, but I think most people need more rest. With I agree.
0: I'm just saying how I set it up, you know, and and um, it all depends upon a bunch of different factors. But I actually have a lot of my gym pop who like to just do it like that twenty ten and get it done. And then they go do their lists. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe it's, I think it's just different. I've gotten tired of, you know, where people do, they'd be like, Oh, I did my hit. I did 90 seconds on (coughs) 90 seconds. You didn't do hit. If you did it longer than, you know, 20, 25 seconds, you should be falling off the damn thing by then, you know? So you have that. What I'm a big fan of is lists, low intensity, steady state cardio, especially with women over the age of 35, 40. Um, you know, I just found that women do not respond really well with hit after a certain age point for whatever reason, unless they're enhanced. But for the most part, most of them, or they're, they're a former athlete, like where they can recover it. They're just used to that kind of beating. But Mrs. Jones off the street, 40 years old, I have her do like maybe one or two hit sessions a week just to kind of for cardiovascular health, you know, more of a heart health initiative. But I don't use that. I deplete more on the, on the list side. I'm not a big fan of miss moderate intensity, steady state cardio. I can honestly say I don't use it in any of my programming. I know some coaches do and so forth, but I think between your hit, your weight training and your list, to me, you're covering everything you need to cover. And I think that that's just the missing variable. Um, especially I've seen stuff where people will say, well, I do my miss to help my clients with their HRV. Well, and have them do hit cause hit works HRV really well. I mean, I've seen it in my own whoop app. I know Jason, I told him about it. When you start adding HIT, your heart rate variability recover. It goes yeah. up because heart rate variability is a marker of your cardiovascular health. So those are the two things I do. I guess my summary on the HIT would be: don't be afraid to try different intervals and let your clients try different stuff. What I'm looking for is during the HIT time, is their heart rate getting to the 80 to 85 percent cycle? Primarily like 85 percent is the magical number, and I kind of go from there. And that's how I have them do it. So that's why I base my HIT training on. Nice. Jeff, you want to chime in now on you?
2: Yeah, yeah, why not. So, with um in terms of fat loss program design, um if I use hit, it's going to be on the spin bike, okay? And this is, this isn't the uh the electronic like recumbent bike or the the stationary bike. It's like a you know, it's like an old school spin bike. It just has a knob on it. It's not electronic at all. So, what I would do is I'd maybe start off with like two sessions per week of five intervals. That's it. And depending on whether or not the person is trained or an athlete or not, I might have them do like, let's say they're trained, okay, and they know how to, you know, kick it into high gear right off the bat. I would probably do a 20-second work interval with a knob cranked up, you know, four or five times, so they're pedaling uphill, and sprint on that for 20 seconds, and then rest for 40 seconds, and then repeat five times, so five minutes of hit, okay? If they are new to doing hit, new to training, I might extend that interval longer. The work interval might be 30 seconds, and the rest might be one minute. Same reasoning as the training with a higher uh, volume, right? Because it takes them longer to actually kick in and dig and get their heart rate up. So maybe only the last 15 seconds out of that 30 are they truly doing hit as I have intended, okay? So like I said, start off with two sessions of five intervals per week. And I might also start off with two sessions of 20 minutes of lists. And I'm a real big fan of walking outdoors. Um, You know, Jason preps me for my shows, right? And this isn't him telling me to do this, but you know, last prep, actually for the three shows that I did in 2019, I walked outdoors for like 7.5 to eight miles every day. And it took me like two hours, sometimes two hours. So imagine that, two hours of cardio every day, mind blown, right? People are like, bodybuilders are like, what? But, you know, if you see pictures of my legs, I didn't lose a six, an ounce of muscle. I, I got stronger throughout prep. You get uh, to
1: eat more because you I, do that. You know? I
2: got to eat more too, but, you know, walking. And so I carried that. I was like, all right, well, I'm enhanced. So, you know, I can get away with that. But I started trying walking, fasted walks with a lot of my Gen Pop females. And they do really well, especially the older females, 40 to like 60 years old, because they just don't have that ability to get their heart rate that high. It's yeah. a risk for them. Yeah. And they, they can't pound their joints like on the on the bike, but they can walk real slow. Um, and so I have a lot of these women, you know, walking in the malls because the malls will open during the winter. So they get yeah. up and they, they window. My
1: parents them. do that.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan of walking and I love spin bike hit. So those are my two things. for cardio. Yeah
1: yeah so i'll try to fill a few things in maybe here um but a lot of what the guy said you know i i believe in so i also don't ever use any miss um i don't think an example's been given yet maybe jeff did uh black covered it but you know like jogging would be in my opinion miss and you know it's funny i mean we've seen pictures of arnold out on the beach get ready for shows jogging so it's not that it doesn't work but it's harder on the joints and you know you're already pounding you know, I have legs twice a day, when, I, twice a week when I kick in um, show preps. And so my joints are already aching. There's no way I could go um, jog, to be honest with you, um, and, and last through a prep. And 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 so um, it's just not something I use. So lists, I like to do it fasted. You can call me a bro all you want. I think that you can actually go a little bit easier on it, um, which will save the legs and just save your recovery and still get the same amount of effect you would as if you did the list later in the day in a fed state. That's my, opinion. maybe there's some fucking science, you know, here article out there that says different, but you know, I see better than I read. So I'm going to stick with it. And that's how I do it myself. And that's how I have my clients do it when it's time to really get ready for the stage. So it'll be fasted lists. Um, Now, if for some reason they're already getting up at 3 30 a.m., And they aren't Jeff Black, who will still do fasted cardio, then (laughs) I will allow post. But we may need a little more time for dieting. You know, we just might. Uh, We'll see. But I will allow post because post is the second best time because you've trained. You're already low carb. You're dieting. So you should be liver glycogen should be zapped. Shouldn't be much circulating in the bloodstream. Therefore, you're in another good fat burning zone, just like you are when you wake up fasted. Okay. So in other words, blood glucose is lower, obviously, when you wake up great time to do it, but post training is the second best. Okay. So now we have when we would use lists. Usually I start at two sessions, 20 minutes a week, and just kind of assess how that's going to go and where we're at, because we've already created usually a 250 calorie, uh, or more deficit in the, um, calories. Okay. So I only need another 200 or so per day. Um, to get a half a pound loss per week so you know we, we just base it kind of along those lines okay hit cardio i like it in two uh places. either do it on your off days but then you know you kind of realize well you're not getting fully recovered on those days but it's a trade-off is that a problem with five intervals probably not or the best other time to do hit is just get it done right away when you're done when you're done training so again, this is going to have to do with your recovery ability and then also like how much time you have left after you train. But I do like Jeff Sue, I start usually with two sessions a week, maybe on a Monday, Thursday, and I'll do five hits. Um, I start my people out with 15 second hits uh, and then 45 second recoveries. I believe that if someone goes from not doing any hit and you try to give them any longer, there's just no way they can, they can, keep that effort up. So I'm a little opposite than Jeff. I I reason it that, hey, their cardiovascular sucks. Let's start lower and then build it up as we need it. Um, But it's still serving the same principle. Hit cardio hasn't been said, but it burns more body fat, calories, uh, I should say, for a 24-hour period than LIS does. LIS burns fat while you're doing it. Okay. And I don't recommend doing less than 20 minutes at a pop because it's going to take a minute to get that fat burning machinery even working. So I don't allow less than 20 minutes a list sessions because sometimes people get up to an hour and they say, well, Hey, you know, can I do 50 in the morning and 10 post-workout? No, you can't, but you can do 40 and 20 if you want, um, or 30 and 30, but I prefer it to be all fasted. But if, you know, again, if time constraints, yes, we can throw some of it post-workout and and break it up into two sessions. One other thing I should discuss. I use uh, something called the Fat Stubborn Protocol. And I think Lyle McDonald maybe came up with it to try to give someone credit. But you're correct. Anyways, what this is, is you do your HIT. And the HIT, if we want to think about this scientifically, is freeing fatty acids into the bloodstream. List then, done afterwards, churns up and uses. The, the, the fats as energy. So you're liberating the fat with your hit. You're burning it while you then walk and do lists after. So how might I do this? Someone by then might be up to 10 intervals, maybe two or three times a week. And then I will start and say, all right, as soon as you get off the spin bike, go and do 10 to 15 minutes. We're going to walk at a 3.5 incline, 3.5 speed, and keep your heart rate at 120. And so that's a fat stubborn stubborn, stubborn fat protocol. And I do not start off with that. That is something that if you need it, you save it as your ace in the hole. It's another tool in your toolbox, but it's doing hit cardio and then immediately doing LIS. So I do employ that a lot. More women have to do it than not, um, just to get those glutes and hammies in. Um, one other thing I will say, I do not want any branch chain aminos taken pretty LIS. Uh, it can spike insulin and you want it low while you're doing your list to liberate fat better. So, uh, no branch chain aminos the List shouldn't risk muscle loss. Really? Um, if you want to throw it in on your hits, it's fine, but I don't personally. um, but you could, um, and I think that's enough for on cardio.
2: Oh, well, one thing to, to one funny thing, um, after this point, but to what Jason said about a hit, burning more than the afterburn effect of one session of like one five like interval session of hit is, is burning more calories after the, the fact than a, a cardio session of say like an hour. Okay. And so you have to think about that when you're, when you're dieting it, your body's adapting, right? So save the high levels of list for like later on when your metabolism has undoubtedly slowed down a little bit and you just need to burn calories. Okay. So, but but save, save, the, save the hour-long sessions, you know, two hours for, like, later on when, you know, you need to fight the adaptation, you know, and stick with, like, hard training, hit cardio, and, like, get in there, get it done, get it done hard, and let your metabolism in the afternoon if I do the rest. Um, and then one funny point about the branch chain amino acids, I think I told Jason about this, but I had a client once, was a figure competitor, And she was drinking literally like half a jar of Extend, um, you know, Salvation Extend amino acids. She'd be carrying around a gallon. It would be like dark orange or dark blue. Yep. I'm like, what is that? I was like, I thought it was like, you know, sugar-free Kool-Aid or something like that. And she's like, it's branched-chain amino acids, helps you maintain muscle. And I was like, (laughs) she did not drop weight at all for like- No,
1: because she probably was getting 40 or 50 grams of protein. I mean, in that quantity, that is- because of the way the FDA does labels, they don't have to claim protein, but you're getting protein and you're getting
2: calories. Yeah. So as soon as I was like, no, I want to see that clear water, you know, don't put anything <laughs> yeah. in it. She started dropping like two pounds a week. And all the artificial sweetener. Cause I yeah. she probably wasn't doing free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: My favorite is when the supplement shop guys, you know, like the little supplement stores will be like, oh, tell Mr. Mr. Jones, all right, between every meal you need to, you know, have two scoops of BCAAs. I'm like, why? To keep spiking your blood sugar? You don't need that shit. Like, you know, like, stop. The only
1: way you would need that shit is if you were a female and say you had to get your protein down to 100 grams and you're dividing it over five meals, you're only getting 20 grams. Some literature says, like, you know, under 20 grams of protein, you're not really even getting enough BCAAs to... Because you're
0: not getting the leucine, right? to to get the protein synthesis going.
1: So then I could see doing it. But any other time when you're dieting, no,
0: no. I agree with that. All right, so... I want to say because Jason took a shot at me. I get up at two thirty in the morning. I'll have you know. No,
2: I was giving you credit. When you go to bed? A freak.
0: I go to bed at seven o'clock. That's why I don't quit responding to you guys. You guys are late bloomers compared to me. I'm I'm the grandpa
1: of the group in regards to that. Seven fucking PM, dude.
0: Dude, I'm at basketball
2: practice at seven PM.
0: Dude, latency on my whoop is zero. I mean, (laughs) I hit that pillow and I'm fucking out. out. a lot of good
2: things happen between the hours of like seven and like one AM. Fuck yeah, man. (laughs) Nothing that. That's how I he stays out of trouble.
0: Of. <laughs> nothing that I want to be a part of. Yeah. I, I was always, you know, I bounced the bars, it was always nothing good happens after midnight. So. yes,
1: that's true. And I've so, yeah, I agree.
0: I go with that. But um, I enjoy fasted cardio. and I know that there was all this talk about body fat set points and how you can or can't be leaner because of your body fat. And I could say I've been doing my fasted cardio since 2014, since Jason and I linked up religiously, five, six, seven days a week. And I stay leaner and leaner and leaner every year. And my legs, because of my OI, I just do the bike slowly. Um, you know, the bike is not as intensive to me as other things. I think that's very important. You find out what's not intensive to you for the. Yeah, leg. you don't have
1: the pounding on the treadmill. Yeah,
0: and you just do it. So um, I enjoy it. I think it sets my day right. And for, I don't care what anyone says, I've done preps before where the cardio is done after weights. And I just feel you get leaner. I just feel you, you have an easier time dropping body fat if you do faster cardio. That's just me
1: too. So, I'm getting ready to start as soon as we get back from PEC, yep. man. It's I know. Just, I'm going to give
0: you a book to read and everything. Be like, read this, Padawan. But um, <laughs> now let's move on to supplements. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not really so much a fat loss supplement guy. Um, I'm more into the drugs, but um, <laughs> there's- Lay few, them on Yeah, there, there's a few that I do like, and that's um, 7 Keto. Um, Matt yeah. Porter makes a really good product, Vaso 7. It's, you know, you rub it on you, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I do like that one. Um, I'm also a fan of Yohimbi. I know we, we use that. Um, the only problem is if I go about five milligrams, like I am like grinding my teeth and like just extremely yeah. tense and anxious. Um, Vaso which we talked about, you know, we all use, it's a pretty good product of his. I know me and Jason do at least. Um, you know, That's you easy, rub yeah. it on, it's got Yohimbi. You do too, Sue? Yeah. Just don't get it on your nuts oh dude you can't yeah, man. Where, uh, dude, one time it got near, near my asshole and that was like <laughs> that was a terrible burning it's like it ran down my back and i was like like just shaking my ass on my yeah. bike like just trying to itch dude. my butt the whole time it was so it awful. It was uh. terrible.
1: um
0: but that was a new good.
1: meaning did it like a hot salad or a <sighs> warm what? What's it
0: called? Oh, well, I mean, I would call it a Louisiana Bayou at that time of <laughs> after like sweating like that. It definitely wasn't something you'd want to eat for dinner. But, um, anyway, so that one's pretty good. Um, I'm a big fan of black coffee when I'm doing my fast cardio. I just like to sip on that. It kind of keeps me hot and keeps same going. Um, One thing I do, um, which I'll get before my last one, is when I do my fast cardio, it's in my garage. I have a heater on me, and I'm wearing like – thermal pants sweatpants a hoodie and a beanie i try to heat myself up and i have a heater on me even if it's 100 degrees outside you know or whatever i'm like (laughs) and they're just sweating dieting because i think that that's part of it you can heat yourself up you don't have to put as much effort out onto the bike
1: i also think that especially in the summer or any any of it because of your your joints i think that's a really smart idea really yeah. You just you start your day that way. Do you know yeah, what I mean?
0: Dude, it's great. Like I get a good sweat. I'm like wide awake. I'm functioning. And the last thing I do that's a hack is I smoke up before I do my morning cardio. I don't do that as much in the off season, but I smoke up cause it kind of gets my heart rate stimulated a little yeah, bit. And I like that buzz better than I like some of those OTC fat burners, man. If I take some of them, I just yeah. don't like the way I feel. I mean, I'm just, the crashes are usually terrible. I mean I would prefer just doing cocaine at that point. <laughs> you,
1: know, just, you know I
0: know what those crystal meth people go through now and they're like oh the come down I'm like yeah I'll try it over the counter Some or something was
1: terrible.
0: <laughs> I remember uh, what was it Oxyelite Pro by USP Labs back I remember
1: in the, day. the product. Oh, I never took Oh god it.
0: that hydroxy cut God, I would take them and I'd, you could tell me to run through a wall. I'd be like, okay, I'll go try it. Nah. It just sounded good. But for regards to supplements, I'm a basic kind of guy. I'm kind of like let the cardio, let the workouts, let the food do the work. And then you're yeah. just trying to – you start a fire and I look at it like throwing little gas on it. I think for the amount of money people are spending on these over-the-counter supplements, there's way better stuff out there that works, i.e. like injectable L-carnitine, which we'll talk about, for the money I think is just a better one. And no, it does not count if you do the oral L-carnitine, the supplement store sold you because it's not as bioavailable and your body doesn't break it down. Um, It destroys 95% of it. But now that I kind of got that stuff off, I'll go to you, Jason. Where do you go for your supplements?
1: So are we just talking OTC right now? Just
0: OTC. We're okay. gonna go to super subs next.
1: Yep. Okay. So I have I'm like I'm I'm like Jeff Black in one, one um aspect that I don't really have like a true fat burner type product that I use. I use, you know, I pick and choose. So here's some over-the-counters. Um Yohimbine hydrochloric. It has to be Yohimbine hydrochloric, not Yohimbi. Yohimbi. Is in a lot of the products, the fat burner, quote unquote products, and it's good for hunger, stopping hunger, good for energy, but it does not turn off the alpha two receptor that yohimbine hydrochloric does, and that's what you need. You need that alpha two turned off. And the cool thing about that is, is there the alpha twos are in higher concentration in stubborn fat areas. So think your ass, your your hips, your legs, your hamstrings. So a guy like me who holds mainly at this point in my life, really only a little bit in my glutes and hams, it would be an awesome supplement, except for the fact it 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 for more men than women, for whatever reason, it increases anxiety like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And I can't even take it. I might be able to get away with two and a half MIGs, um, but it kills me. And so for some reason, most women though love it. It just gives them steady energy and a nice. Uh, it 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 thwarts hunger, so they really love it. If a guy can take it, we use it. So how do we use it? It has to be low insulin. Okay, you can't use it with high insulin uh, periods. So uh, get up, take anywhere from seven point five mig to ten if you can handle it. If you want to work up slow, work up slow. Two point five mig and start there. Take it in the morning, fast it, and go hop on and do your cardio. Um, if you take um baby aspirin with it it will slow down its half-life a little bit and then add some caffeine and what you've got there is a yca stack yohimbine caffeine aspirin it slows down the half-life of the yohimbine you get more of a fat burn okay so you can use yca then you can use in uh you can do two days of your yca um a pre-list Next, you can do ephedrine, caffeine, aspirin. I know everyone's heard of the ECA stack. It came out of, I believe, Harvard or one of those Ivy League schools. They did a test on it. Again, the, the uh, caffeine and aspirin slow down the half life of so the ephedrine. Ephedrine is a very fast in-and-out drug. That's why it was still uh, legal in the United States as opposed to clinbuterol, which we will talk about. It's its cousin that works way better because it stays in the system longer and doesn't attack all the beta cells. So back to the ephedrine. It works on the beta receptors, which are found in fat as well. So that will help by turning those off, liberate fat. Problem is, ephedrine affects beta cells in all organs. So I don't like the shit. It gives me prostate problems, and you'll hear guys talk about how it gives them dribble after they pee, and it shrinks your dick up to like you've been in the coldest water ever. I don't know, man. It's just not. <laughs>
0: it's just not a
1: cool. It's just not a cool supplement, in my You're opinion.
0: Definitely not a grower or a shower at that point.
1: No, dude. It's like it's like that George Costanza episode in in uh, <laughs> Friends. You know what I'm saying? And so you mean Seinfeld? You,
0: Seinfeld? I, yes,
1: right. And not, and not that you really need to worry about that, but my point is that it affects you at the prostate level. And I don't like that. So I don't use ephedrine personally much myself, but you can, and it does work really well. And the times I would use it would be pre-workout and then uh, pre-list because it doesn't really need low insulin like you'll envy. Um, other ones, I use my ThyroBoost from New Ethics. I think it's an amazing fat burner. Now, it's not directly liberating fat, but it is, Increasing metabolic rate, and so you are going to burn more calories at rest, and so I believe it helps make hit cardio more efficient and all these things. So I do one to two caps of ThyroBoost when people are cutting. Sometimes I do still throw in oral Carnitine, but Jeff Black is one hundred percent right. It does not work anywhere near as well as injectable. Not, it's not even close. But uh, at two grams. I've read that the conversion is about 25% that you'll get into the body. So at two grams, if you take 25% of that, what is that? About 500 milligrams, supposedly you're getting into the body. I don't know that that's true because I know what 500 milligrams of injectable carnitine does. And I haven't seen it play out in the real world. That said, you could stack that with the YCA or the ECA, put it between your, before your list. And now you have, two supplements that are turning off different receptors and fat cells to liberate and put the fat cell, put it into the bloodstream. And now you've got a carrier to take it to the mitochondria to be burned as energy. In theory, it should work better. Um, you got your thyroid boost in to keep your metabolic rate going. And you've got two fat burners that I've given you that are over the counter. Last thing, how do you get a ephedrine? It's illegal in, in, in uh, USA now. In outside of asthma medication, you can't be in a, in a bodybuilding supplement is what I mean by that. Go to Walgreens, show them your ID at the pharmacy. You get Broncade. Now, why do you got to show your ID? Because meth heads use this shit to cook up meth. Okay, so don't freak out when they say, "Let me see what your ID." Is you can only buy four boxes. You only need one or two. Twenty-five migs of ephedrine sulfate are in Broncade. That yields twenty migs of ephedrine hydrochloric. So you're close to the twenty-five migs that I would usually say take, and you can take that one capsule pre-list, one capsule pre-training with your uh, your caffeine and aspirin. How much caffeine? About 100 mg is fine. How much aspirin? Get a baby aspirin and pop it. So those are some fat burning strategies I just gave you um, that are over the counter um, that I've seen work pretty well and that I will use when someone wants to stay uh, natural.
0: Sue, you got anything to add to all that? I mean, that's like an arsenal at this point.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff like overlaps. I mean, I'm sure all of us, you know, have similar strategies, but like Jason said, you know, Yohimbi is one that, you know, I use personally and I'll just stick to natural supplements, right? So Yohimbi, caffeine is good, but I don't advise taking caffeine pills. Um, black coffee works just fine. And uh, of course the um, MPA, that vas- vas- burn or vas- burn, however you pronounce it, Which is basically like topical Yohimbi and you can Mm -hmm. target, you know, like Jason was talking about, those beta receptors in the butt, you know, lower back. And I used um all three of those actually for my contest preps personally uh this year with great results. So and I also have a lot of my natural uh clients using um the topical and also the regular Yohimbi. I don't think that's banned in um, the natural Yohimbian
1: is still fine in natural organizations ephedrine is not right so they would have to be doing an npc or just being someone who's cutting just for the beach or whatever correct
2: that's it
0: all right let's get to the stuff that i'm excited to talk about (laughs) (laughs) all right so um i'm gonna begin with um again it's for entertainment purposes only but um so for me for 2017 i know i think it was about eight weeks out i was doing uh crushing along for junior nationals doing really good and um, I had started taking injectable carnitine in 2016. I went and trained with John Meadows, and he had talked to me about it and so forth. And then I stumbled on an article written by the late, great Dan Duchesne, known as Death Wish Dieting, in which you <laughs> took a low dose insulin pre to cardio to drive your blood glucose down. And then I read a couple of people had talked about doing one or two IUs of Humalog, which is a fast acting insulin. And you put it with 600 milligrams of L-carnitine. And what that was is to help drop your blood glucose. So now for me, eight weeks out, I'm roughly on four IUs of GH normally, anywhere from three to four. So when you're on growth hormone, which we'll talk about too for fat loss, your blood glucose levels go up. Um, So what happens is you'll be waking up with your fasting blood glucose anywhere from 95 to you know 100 105 and when you're over 100 you're pretty much doing fed cardio you want your fasted cardio you know ideally if you're in a deficit to be at least 85 preferably 80 or below um <clears throat> right now i'm still you know in the 70s i've been as low as 56 when i've woken up lately um but uh as i start increasing my growth hormone my fasted blood glucose goes up so what I did was I added one IU of Humalog with 600 milligrams of L-carnitine to help drive the L-carnitine and then bring my blood glucose. And I started just getting shredded.
1: Yeah, that's a shred stack and a half.
0: Yeah. Now I say that with concern because guys, like yeah. insulin's not, that's something like you're going to feel like shit. So the first few weeks I started doing it, I didn't feel anything bad, but then right around week four out, um, because as you're doing this, your insulin levels are slowly lowering. So, you know, you're not doing the spikes. The refeeds aren't as high and things like that. So you'll feel hypo while you're doing it sometimes. You know, you'll start kind of like, ooh, real woezy. But, you know, you're not going to die from one IU of oh, no. insulin. You're not going to die. Your body will autocorrect itself. You might feel like shit. I pushed it far enough before. Where I started, you know, getting kind of shaky and then my body started dumping. Sweaty, you sweat more. You you don't don't feel good.
1: Your body will dump glucose again once the adrenaline hits.
0: Yep. So, you know, it's going to save it, but I'll, dude, I will tell you that nothing beats that fat stack, fat burning stack as far as what I can tell. Um, but injectable carnitine by itself is fucking amazing. Yeah, anyone who takes that, I've yet to say hear them ever bitch that they don't get the results they want. They're like, no, that thing's like liquid gold. I'm like, 100%. Yeah. Um, you got T3, which is a thyroid hormone. I'm not real big in manipulating that too much because I do like ThyroBoost, your product, and I'll just take up to two of those, and then I might just add 25 micrograms of T3. I don't think you need a lot of T3 to go far. I know I've seen some coaches go upwards of 100 and 150 micrograms. And I know that there's something that if you take enough, so much T3, you're supposed to be taking so much T4. And I just don't like playing with all those variables unless I've got a lot of blood work to look at. And I don't even run that blood work on myself. So I throw that variable out. So if I do T3, it might be for like four weeks of like 25 micrograms. Or if they're just having a hard time and they're really endomorphic, I might crank it. But the highest I've ever gone with anyone or myself is 50. Um, and then you have clenbuterol, which is a beta two antagonist fat burner. So, um, most people would be familiar if they've ever heard albuterol. It's an inhaler that you get for asthma and that's legal. But clenbuterol was made for asthmatic cows, I guess, because, you know, they use it in the, uh, in the animal world. But, um, there's been links, even though I've seen new stuff coming out about the cardiomyopathy, which is basically a heart cell death. And I'm just not, I'm not a big fan of clen. I don't like it. I get a lot of, uh, uh, preventricular contractions where my heart starts skipping beats all over the place and then it makes me real nervous and makes me real edgy so I'm not a big fan of that I know that other people can tolerate it really well I know Ashley can handle that shit like a boss and I'm like kudos to you because
1: I can yeah, too don't yeah, bother No,
0: it bugs me though um, another one I wanted to talk about was PGCL so this was a prostaglandin and when you injected it like you would immediately go like take a shit like I mean it was within 30 minutes like you just, just have a shit but, dude, it would make you so hot. So, in 2008, I tried this shit. I got it from the source, and I'll never forget. I dropped 40 pounds in eight weeks. This is where I started working with you, Jason. Like, this is why I was working with my old prep coach. Dude, it got me just nasty, but I was so dehydrated and everything. It was a terrible one. But I do know that that's out there, and I've actually you know, seen people, the resurrection of that on some boards lately, hmm. people talking about it, but I think there's just too much there. They use it, I want to say, in, uh, like in the – uh, something to do with um, animals and like uh, uh, how it aborts fetuses or something like that and some of the stuff. But that was a pretty cool uh, little thing I did, but I felt awful on it. I mean, I-, I was just behind the eight ball and it was kind of like, hey, I'm gonna try this. Okay, we'll go try it. Um, and then you have DMP, which I know nothing about uh, other than what I've read and seen people use. Um, I've seen more people fuck that up and a lot yeah. of average joes and a couple of. Average I mean, we DMs, know of
1: people who have had who have died. Yeah.
0: So I'm not a fan of that. Um, if you're into the anabolics world, I'm a big fan of trend. That's like the nectar of the gods. Like it builds muscle and burns body fat. Um, you know, it's the only one you'll put 10 pounds on and drop like 10 pounds body fat. It's crazy what it does. But, um, as far as the big one that I like for fat loss, especially for women is human growth hormone. Um, low dose HGH, especially like around the belly area or the lower back or things like that go very, very far. Um, people say that, you know, it doesn't burn body fats area. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, you know, if I put it in my abs, my abs will pretty much shred up pretty quick. And if I put it in my inner thigh, my left inner thigh has been growing lately. That's why that thing has been growing. So I think it's oh, God. where you put it. You know, I just got tired <laughs> of shooting my stomach to be honest with you. So I just go in my adductor in the morning. But, um, I bet mean, that
2: feels amazing. What you, you inject g into your adductor. Yeah. He's Oh man. I, I Dude, it's
0: a it. fucking insulin pen. Come I know, on. but still like a needle
2: going
0: in. Oh, I would have been the world's thing. best drug addict if I didn't have a class <laughs> of girls. I swear I would have been great. But, um, <laughs> the one thing I do want to come back to, cause I know all the drugs sound spiffy and I know we're probably going to start talking about it more as we pass this around, but there's one thing you guys could do more than anything to lose fat. And I don't want you guys to lose track of this, but it's cortisol control. And when you're on anabolics, it's helping with all that. But, you know, sometimes taking a little bit of a break or backing down or, you know, we didn't talk about that with the hit how we sometimes drop hit and how sometimes we pull things down. But don't get always where you had to add more drugs. You know, I've been down that road before. I've done it before. I think we all kind of have, you know, the bodybuilder mentality is if one CC is good, well, three's got to be even three times better. So, um, and on a lot of this, that's not necessarily true. Um, so with that being said, I'll turn it over, but, um, uh, Sue, I'll let you kind of get going with that. Cause you got your mouth full. Oh, you spit it out. That was so gross. <laughs> God, you're a spitter. I knew you like, were a swallower. I, I just bought
2: <laughs> <heard him laughs> a chicken and you called my name. So I had to, I got to always out real- be ready. Always be prepared. I am. So listen, with, uh, with a fat loss stack, what I really like is in the morning, right before I go out from like my long ass walks, right. So I pin one IU of uh, Humalog, which is fast-acting yep. insulin, um, two IUs of uh, GH, serostim. So I don't like the, uh, the generic Chinese stuff. I like getting the the, the Cerostim, which is kind of pricey, but if you're only using like two IUs a day, and I don't use it every day either, um, it helps, right? So one IU SLIN, two IU Humalog, and then I also do 600 uh, MGs, which is I think three cc's of L-carnitine okay and i get that um there's two places you can get it synthetech.com or racehorsemeds.com and I, and on a side note i think it's a legit site for racehorses because they send you cool articles about like how to feed your horse and like yeah it's <laughs> legit
1: it's legit for racehorses <laughs> keep it warm in the like, winter i've read that
2: uh horses. because
1: those, those damn horses are so like their 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 uh, systems are so sensitive the controls for um you know, the cleanness of the, of, of the preparations is, is human greater, better. Yes. That's what I've read. I don't know how true it is, but I can imagine those million dollar horses, like they, you know, there's people who aren't putting. You
2: yeah, know, exactly. The- so, so listen, so the, the SLIN, the GHCL quarantine, and then, um, you know, I personally will stack, uh, the, um, you know, HCL with the topical MPA, um, uh, v- burn, Right. And then I'm, towards the end, I might even add 20 MCGs of yeah. Um, But I do not go higher than, I would say, 40 MCGs for the Climbuterol. I know people can get up to, like I think, 80 or 100 million MCGs for men. Um, I've never been that high. I've never had to. And for the Yohimbi, I'm very sensitive to it. Um, it affects me almost like the, the ephedrine. Uh, so if I take more than like two, they're like these really tiny, tiny pills. Mm-hmm. And I think I've only taken like three of them and my hands will get like clammy and I'll sit there. I'll start like shaking all over it, And like my, my mind will just like zone off.
1: I can, somewhere. I get the same shit, man. And
2: I get cold and hot. Yeah, and-
1: yes, I get that too.
2: Um, but yeah, that's my fat burning stack.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sue just gave you, you know, pretty much the mother load of how to, how to set that up before, you know, a list, a list session
2: um and that's not in the beginning of my prep either like jason like i think we added that in we did something like that towards the end i think it was like i started off with just the ohimbi and then i added the Vassal vaso vas- burn
1: we probably always kept the Elkarn in or at least we will yeah now. i
2: think the slim um, Elkarn as well but yeah i didn't like it's not like i hit myself with all this shit all at once it's no like, we
1: you know, i always hold on the clan as long as i can especially yeah. a guy like you who starts pretty lean yeah. Uh, I might go with just, you know, one or two IU's GH, um, uh, the carn and, um, you know, uh, maybe one IU of Humalog and just let that run first. Right. And then we start throwing in the yo Him, Bean, and Clen later, maybe yeah. two days of Yo and then two days of Clin back and forth, something
2: yeah. like that. That's what, yeah, I think that's what we did. Yep. Right.
1: And, you know, you can repeat this stack pre-workout too. So let's say you determine that you're going to do three or four IU's of GH, um, you know, you could hit one to two in the morning uh, with your L-carn, Um and, you know, and then maybe one IU of Humalog and then you could repeat that uh, same stack um, pre-workout if you wanted, you know, it's a lot of CCs and it's, it's just water, but it is a lot of CCs with that L-carn. Um and then you could put the, the log up a little higher, maybe like three with the carbs or something. Um, I wouldn't go higher than five and a fat loss on, on the Humalog, but you could repeat that stack pre-workout as well and l-carn actually increases no2 production so it's going to help with a little bit of pump um or what you can do is, is maybe 300 mgs of the l-carn and then buy the l-arginine uh injectable and then put 300 mgs with that in the l-arginine in the in the l-carn combo like that gives an amazing pump so it's like it's an artificial okay. pump because your carbs are low but who gives a shit anyway you can stimulate a really good pump in the presence of well in in the where you're missing uh carbohydrate uh, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good thing to do. Right. So I don't think I have anything else to add. I think these two guys pretty much uh, knocked that one out of the park.
0: It's because it's all about drugs, baby. <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> well, you know, I think to wrap it up, we went over quite a bit. I'm sure we might have some follow-ups to this. Maddox, what's up, my man? You rocking it back there, dude. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us up. We don't mind doing a QA and a episode, you know, if you guys got some questions you want us to kind of follow up with, um, anything in between. I think the take home message here is a lot. We collectively like to build a fire. And then as we get the fire going, start throwing gas on the fire. There's no sense in nuking it right out of the gate. You know, right, right. Um, I'm sure that the supplement store that you go to has all the best intentions when they sell you $500 worth of stuff but um, not necessary, especially if there are other things that are off. So go back to looking at how your macros are set up, your weight training, your cardio, your supplements. And for those who want to venture down the road, you guys got to a good little list of super supplements um, that we know the three of us have, wor- have say work really well with us and they've worked well with our clients. Right. Um, with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. If you guys would be so kind to please leave us a review on iTunes um, we got 45, we're, we're hoping to get to 45,000. Um, but you know, let us know what you guys think about it. Please share our podcast. If you know anyone, it'll help anyone. We're just trying to get some of the work we're doing out there. And then, um, next week, um, oh, I know I promised you guys, Maddox, that's such an evil face, man. God, I can't wait till I come up there again. I'm going to harass you the entire time I am there. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, by the way, my Cowboy is going to whip those bangles' butt next year, just so you're aware. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh, no. We know. We know. But um, I said that we we're going to have this on YouTube, unfortunately, with the way my week's gone, with me having to get ready with PEC and all that. It'll probably be next week or the week after. But next week, Jason, we're bringing over um, one of your coaches, Megan, yep. right?
2: Yeah. What's Megan Megan's last
0: name? Santa Barbara. Megan Santa Barbara. So she turned pro last year, right? Uh, hold on, a 2018. Second. No, it was 2000.
1: Let's see, 2018. Yes. So okay. she took a year off last year, 2019. So
0: she's getting ready to go her pro card. Yeah, um, like age 22
1: yeah. or three. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I wish I had those genetics, but oh, yeah, um, I'm like huge, 39. Man. I'm like 39 going for my pro card.
2: Yeah, glass. she's a yeah. freak, dude. She's like uh, 5'9", like 180 pounds, right?
1: Yeah she she's five nine, I think. Yeah. yeah she's she like always, bigger than me. Fuck. She always makes fun of me and my height. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well no doubt um so next week we're gonna go over uh, megan's got a unique story that got her into training and into this space um overcoming an eating disorder yeah um so and i know sue's battled with that before so we're bringing her on to talk about you know kind of her journey with it's that
1: ballet man she was a hardcore ballet dancer and you got to be light on your feet and tiny and they get that just impressed into their head and she actually went to college for dance like she got admitted into like a really nice a good school so
0: well I think it's gonna be great because I know that we as coaches have all dealt with clients who've had eating disorders and I know this is something that a lot of people are scared of when they started dieting, you know, if they're brand new, you know, I have a lot of girls be like, well, I don't want to do anything. They'll start, you know, get me an eating disorder. I think it'd be great to have two people with Sue's expertise and hers to kind of talk about how they were and how they worked their way through it. And it will be great and informative. And, you know, it's an edgy topic, you know, not many people are willing to come out and discuss that. So it'd be great for us to have that and really kind of, uh, be able to shed some light onto that, the mentality and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll help some people out and at least, uh, show everyone that, no, you can go through that and overcome it. And it's not, you know, something that can't be, I guess, lack of a better word, rehabilitated or um, put in its place for a positive aspect, I guess.
2: You know, you'd you'd be surprised how many men, like bodybuilders in the competitive world, have binge eating and and bulimia. But Oh, dude, yeah,
0: no doubt, man. I, I even got male guys that I got now who, like, will throw fits when I start feeding them. Like, oh, dude, I just – I can't. I'm like, well, how are you going to get bigger, man? You can kind of, like, eat a little <laughs> bit, you know? Or, like, you know, they – I had one guy who on – it was Thanksgiving. He ate one more meal than he was supposed to. Like, you know, went and did another Thanksgiving and blew it. So he went and walked on the treadmill for two hours that night. I'm like
1: – I fuck? see that a lot, yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, and I'm like, that's, it's not the that's same. So Once you did the damage, crazy. just go to bed. You're better off going to sleep. And but wait. that
1: is the start of – uh disordered eating mind patterns yeah 100
0: percent. but we're gonna have that going on tomorrow or next week i'm really looking forward to that but um in the meantime i'm looking forward to seeing you guys on uh i see you thursday night Me, i I get in thursday
1: i get in thursday middle of the day you and i are gonna go train shoulders uh thursday night at the uh, titans
0: yeah i know we're gonna do that maybe a little arms and then kind of go over some shop and stuff like that um and then sue comes in friday i'm looking forward to that i know i'm looking forward to that nice He's going to be doing legs with you and I, Jason.
2: No, yeah. I'm, I, you know what? I'm training legs on Thursday on my, on my own. Oh, oh you on. are? Oh, okay. You said you were training with Jason and I. Are you guys doing legs Friday? We're doing yeah, legs. Friday. We got our whole you workout are? put together. Yeah. Yeah. Then I you mean, know what? I'll switch you, on my workout then. I'll it's
1: do it with you. Here, but yeah, we're doing legs Friday. And then I'm doing back, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday. I can do arms Thursday
2: then. All right. I'll do legs with you guys. Jeff, okay. just do not make me throw up again in front of everyone. <laughs> All right. Dude, you control that. Like, if you don't want to be pushed to that type of exhaustion,
1: just don't do it again. Well, in fairness, I want to feel like a pussy. I, in fairness no, I to mean, him,
0: I think I smacked his hand
1: if away. If they were from doing the that to bars, me, so I would. I would. If they were doing that to me after a point where my legs were were done, I would have. I would have just been like, come I, I seriously
2: couldn't eat. Like my yeah, stomach. I know
1: it was way over. <laughs> it was way overdone. But <laughs> I still have they, that video. They where were proving smiling. a point to you, and you know, I I get it, but. It's not going to happen again.
0: Right. Dude, I, I still have that video of you where you're like outside. I'm like, Sue, what do you think? You're like, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> 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 You were sitting there out at Cadoba, like sprawled out. And you're like, like, just, I like meet, twitching. I, the the lactic
2: acid dump <laughs> in my stomach. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You were you were not happy with Austin and I, but uh, <laughs> dude, I watched Austin train in some of his videos in the gym, and I'm like, oh god,
2: is he doing legs with us too? No, nah, I don't nah, know what it Austin's will end up, doing.
0: It's too, it'll be too many in the. Party.
2: I think three man a three man crew is plenty. Yeah, yeah it'll we got be good. three to four per group, yeah. is so I think what we're doing.
0: So yeah. just kind of from there, awesome. and then fr- Saturday we're doing back. It's kind of how it's gonna go. Hey, where
2: are we gonna go eat on uh, Saturday? Do we know yet? No. Oh, uh, we got
0: a list of restaurants near us, but I don't know if there's anything that's
2: like Atlanta. So, hey, if there's anyone's a- listening
0: from Atlanta, this
2: like there's a good Atlanta. But
0: it, restaurant I to need go a healthy to,
1: option. It can't be a shit show.
0: I want chicken well, and waffles. I'm gonna bring you a tuna pack, and you'll just be okay, Jason. Like,
2: <laughs> crack this. And Some mac it. and cheese and collard greens. That'd be good, dude. You can hey. get
0: that at Cracker Barrel. They have that shit up north.
2: Uh, like Cracker Barrel is weird, man. I've been there once. It's like all the like, old people. That's
0: true. And I like for breakfast involved, for it. Man. But, but anyways, let's wrap this all up. All right. Anyway, I have nothing else to say. I think today's podcast was awesome. It was and, really good. And, yep. No, I look forward to seeing you guys next week with Megan. But before that, I'm going to cuddle with both okay. of you guys this week.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll take care. All safe right. travels. See y'all.
0: Bye. Bye.